0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. This steadfast love of the Lord, the Hebrew word is hesed. It is a word that appears 247 times in the scriptures, and sometimes it's translated as mercy, sometimes kindness, sometimes loving kindness, and also unfailing love. It's one of those words that people have done entire doctoral dissertations just to try to understand this one word. It can be a love that comes from a familial obligation— but more often than not, it is a love freely given. It is an unexpected love, a love of mercy and kindness. Again, the word itself occurs only 247 times in the Old Testament. But the demonstration of that love, the demonstration of that kindness and mercy, saturates every single page of Holy Scripture on this occasion, as we grieve the loss of our children, it is essential to keep this steadfast love, this hesed, in the Lord, first and foremost in our hearts and in our minds. For you see, from the very first sin, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they suffered the consequence of that sin, But at the very same time, God gave them a promise. He showed them an unexpected mercy, an unexpected kindness to them. He promised that the Messiah would come, that the Messiah would come who would crush the head of the serpent. When Cain killed Abel, he suffered the consequences of his sin, but also received this unexpected mercy and kindness that God promised that he would receive a mark and that anybody who killed Abel would receive the wrath I'm sorry anybody who killed Cain would receive the wrath of God He demonstrated his steadfast love by delivering his children out of the bonds of slavery He led them through the Red Sea on dry ground He fed them with quail and manna gave them water to drink from a rock Although the people grumbled and continued to turn to false gods, the steadfast love of the Lord endured. When God sent snakes to punish the people for grumbling, he instructed Moses to construct the snake on a pole. And all those who looked upon the snake were saved, prefiguring Christ on the cross. When the children of Israel turned away from God, his mercy and loving kindness endured as he maintained a remnant, even when it came down to just a few. As we look at that human lineage of Jesus, it remained unbroken, even by the sinful people, who themselves were in need of a Savior. The steadfast love of the Lord even extends outside of the church. Through the kingdom of the left hand, God sends the rain to water the crops, Of the righteous and the unrighteous alike. We don't see just Christian farmers who are providing food for Christians and Christian butchers and the like just providing for Christians. He uses the law enforcement officers to preserve the law and order throughout our nation. He uses the fire department to protect life and liberty. He uses the military to keep evil at bay around the globe. He uses healthcare professionals to heal the sick. Could you imagine what that would look like if it was just for Christians alone? That if there was just a Christian fire department, a Christian police department, how all of that would work. But God provides for all. But our sin runs so deep that even creation itself groans. We all know that our world is not as it should be. There are floods and droughts, earthquakes and hurricanes, sicknesses, stillbirths, miscarriages, and sids. The curse of Adam and Eve is evident all around us. We eat by the sweat of our brow. There is pain in childbirth. Joyous occasions are sometimes turned to sadness. Yet the steadfast love, the hesed. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. We read in Psalm 139, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. We like it best when things are nice and neat. We like to be able to point to all the fruits of faith. We like to be able to point to a clear confession of faith. We like to see a long life lived in faith abundant with these fruits. But life in a sin-sick world is often messy. We don't get the assurances we want. It is then that we rely on the chesed, the steadfast love of the Lord. And in that respect, it is even more sure than the fruits of faith. When we have doubts... Christ assures us that a smoldering wick he will not snuff out and a bruised reed he will not break. Christ assures us that he who knits us together in our mother's womb, he is the one who knows how many days we have, even when there are none outside of the womb. Over and over again in the scriptures, it is Christ who acts first. He is the one creating faith. He raised the widow's son without the slightest indication of faith. He fed the 5,000, even when many were just there for a free lunch. He demonstrated his great love for us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. If Christ can turn water into wine, if Christ can heal the sick and raise the dead, if Christ can calm the storm, he can create faith even in the child being formed in the womb, out of his hesed, out of his unfailing love. If God can create children of Abraham out of stones, he can create faith whenever and wherever he chooses. When we don't have the indication of a life lived in faith, we actually have something more sure to rely on. It is that steadfast love of the Lord. Christ's unfailing love is far more sure than any work of man. Our works give us evidence of faith, but that's not where our faith lies. Our hope and our trust is always in Christ, not in the works of man. When we grieve our children... We put our trust in Christ alone. We put our trust in his unfailing love and his mercy. We love Christ because he first loved us while we were still being formed. We don't like to admit it, but we are all influenced by the culture that is around us. In the early 1900s, there was a movement that still permeates our thinking. It is the idea that the value of a person is dependent upon their contributions to society. Those who contribute much are valued the most, and those who cannot contribute are valued the least. This thinking led to some of the greatest tragedies of the 20th century. But the value of human life does not rest in the ability of the individual to do or not to do. The value in human life rests in the creator. Now on this point it is very easy for us as Christians and as a church to jump on the, uh, on the abortion industry. To cast stones about them about how evil they are. But one thing we often neglect, is that word of forgiveness. That those, too, are forgiven in Christ when they turn to him. And it is with this in mind that we need to be reassured here today that oftentimes mothers will, and fathers, will bear that guilt and say, What if? What if I had done something different? What if I had not done something? What if I took more? What if I took more of the the medicines that I needed to? What if I took more of the vitamins that I needed to? What if I exercised more? What if I exercised less? What if I took fewer of those vitamins? What is it that I did that caused this thing to happen? Whether it was intentional or not. We need to reassure each other of that forgiveness that that we have in Christ. That guilt has been washed away by Christ. That guilt has been washed away by the blood of the Lamb. If God has knit our children together in the womb, he will certainly not abandon them. We can indeed look forward to the return of Christ when he will turn our weeping into gladness he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. For Christ does not wait for us to show ourselves worthy. He does not wait for us to earn his loving kindness. He comes to us. His chesed permeates every page of scriptures and every aspect of our lives. We read in Matthew 11 At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father. Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for of such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. Amen. And now may this peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.